Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing on Tuesday evening slash afternoon. Sorry for being a little bit late this week, July 4th holiday and all that. Joining me from Los Angeles is Dave McMenamin. Hello, Dave. How are you? Hello, Brian. This surely figures to be a very interesting podcast. A very interesting podcast. Most people will be listening and they won't know what you're doing and we'll just move on. Joining me from New Orleans, where he's actually, I believe, at the um, Pelicans facility right now, uh, Mr. Andrew Lopez. Hello, Andrew. That is correct. I am also honored to be on a podcast with uh, Rustler the Miz's favorite ESPN personality. Well, I have to say, you know, there are a few guys that i go way back with and um the miz is one of them um being uh somebody from cleveland so um that's what can i say i don't know anything about wrestling i'm sorry when i was a kid my favorite wrestler was junkyard dog okay that's right i said it uh, he, was, <laughs> he, he sometimes tag team with hulk hogan everybody focused on hulk hogan but i was a fan of junkyard dog okay i, I want somebody to aggregate that tomorrow Brian Windhorse's favorite favorite wrestler is Junkyard Dog. When I was a kid, that is true. Absolutely true. I went to multiple wrestling events at the Richfield Coliseum. RIP. Um, so we've got some stuff going in here. I think um, contractually obligated to start with the Brooklyn Nets. Over the weekend, um, not a lot happened, but from what I can tell, there was an attempt by the Nets to make it clear there was not going to be an artificial deadline here. They are going to take their time, which they should. And... Um, but I'm going to just say about the Nets what I said back in February when it came down to the James Harden trade. Everything you hear, especially if it's, you know, especially everything you hear is a negotiating position. It is a negotiating position that they are taking. And it is the correct negotiating position when you have something as important as Kevin Durant. And one thing that I will say that I feel is relevant is that what I am told that in the, that the Nets are prioritizing getting players uh, back uh, in this deal, that, that they want the prime assets in this trade to be a star player or high-level star players, that they're not focusing on draft picks, although I'm sure they want draft picks too now. I'm not going to violate my own rule 35 seconds later. That's a negotiating position. However, it does sound like that's what they want. And Andrew Lopez, this is one of the reasons why we've talked about the New Orleans Pelicans in regard to this, because instantly they came up as a team that even though they're outside the initial Durant wave, um, uh, that, that they have a, they have young star players. So, we had big news over the weekend, and I and I assume that um, when this pod comes out, uh, sometime on Wednesday, I believe Zion Williamson, not only is he planning on signing his new contract extension, he's planning on signing it publicly, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? That is that it seems to be the plan, and they're going to do it relatively quickly. I remember when when he talked to us in April for the first time all season, he you know he was asked about the extension, and he said I, I wouldn't be able to sign it fast enough, and you know, it, of course I would sign it, all this kind of stuff. He is going to sign it very quickly. Uh, per the CBA, they are allowed to start signing these extensions uh, at 12.01 p.m. tomorrow or on, on July 6th, which just happens to be Zion's 22nd birthday, by the way. Oh, if, I can get, if I could get $193 million on my birthday, I would also be 
uh, a very happy camper, but he is going to sign it. I would, I would expect an official announcement from the Pels very, very quickly tomorrow. Let me ask you this. Um, is it actually going to, you know, I know that it's 193 million possible. The details about what's guaranteed have been kept very tight so far, but <laughs> very um, much so. I mean, they can keep them tight and I respect that. It's fine. But um, the NBA world will know <clears throat> the contract will be filed and it will be, it will be known what's, what's, uh, what's guaranteed. Would you expect Andrew that a contract that was, that was agreed to like, I think July 2nd or 3rd, they agreed to it. Yeah, it was uh, yeah the third or second, second, I think. Considering that the Pelicans had time and the rules on their side, um, I would think that they kind of would have achieved something that they were after, which was protecting themselves on part of this contract. So would you assume that some or significant part of this contract is injury protected or maybe you could use the word non-guaranteed? They may fight the word non-guaranteed, but injury protected somehow. Yeah, I would, I would expect that they would have gotten something. I mean, if it was going to be, you know, just a regular, Hey, this is the the five-year 193. It might've been done a little bit quicker, but. Or uh, if Zion was digging in. True. That he would have waited. The the Pelicans would have waited. I think it's more the other way. Like if the, the Pelicans didn't get some concessions, they wouldn't have agreed so fast. Right. And the other thing was, I mean, the other big concession is if it's, What's the fifth year on this? Is it the player option? Is it the team option? Like you said, everyone is being very tight-lipped about this uh, right now. You, you you poke around on, I think, on both sides, and you're not you're not getting much. But I, I would think there are some levels of protection in in that deal, just because uh, you know you go back to comments that that Griff made right out. You know, when the the day that Zion said, "Hey, I you know I wouldn't be able to sign it fast enough." Griff talked about, "Look, this this isn't going to be you know." the easiest negotiation he knew right then like look we were going to have some things in there obviously he came back and later said that he felt zion was a max player that was never in question but um would think it would be something in there uh exactly what you know maybe when the when the contract is filed we'll you know eventually get a little bit more details on that but for for now i, I would i would think they have something in there dave I, I i agree with what griff said you you covered you know griff well um i agree that Dave, that uh, Zion is a max player for sure. Yeah. He's just not a guaranteed max player. Right, Dave? Of course. And I understand where the team's coming from because you do have these glimpses when he's been on the court. He's highly efficient and bodies bounce off him when he gets into the lane and he has a court sense and the ability to put the ball on the floor and all those things. And he's a singular name superstar. I'm just curious, Brian, if you have an answer to this, does the MBPA get involved in something like this? Because the last thing the players union wants is high profile players conceding guaranteed money. Like this is the future well, of negotiating no, positions for players across the league. There's uh, there's provisions that are available out there. Um, you know, there's injury protections. I think Zach Levine I, would helpful, you know, if I had the, you know, the incredible you know, index that Bob, the intelligence that Bobby Marks has. I think Zach Levine had an injury protection, for example, in his contract, that if he had had some sort of injury to his knee, that, that they were protected on it. Um, I think you can, you can get protections on various body parts. Um, and, um, and obviously there's sort of games played. I mean, those are, those are negotiations, things that are already in there. Um, like if he had signed like a five-year contract that had no guaranteed money in it, 
where it was like, you know, we're right. going to pay you $5 million every 10 games you play. And then I think the, the players association is like, whoa, 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 wait uh-huh. a minute. This is not what we're doing. I don't think it was going to that. Um, I just think, you know, I mean, and Griff's on the record is saying this, but look, I've talked to Griff about it. Andrew's talked to Griff about it. I don't know if you've talked to Griff about it, um, Dave. I mean, I talked to Griff about it months ago, months and months and months ago. I talked to Griff about it at the beginning of the season. They've been thinking about how this contract was going to be um, negotiated and put together for a long time. And I'm sure Zion has too. So my, I am not surprised that they're making a very big deal about the signing of it because there was so much uh, during this last season that illustrated that Zion and the Pelicans – were not functioning uh, efficiently. Is that is that a good way of saying it, Andrew, without getting myself in trouble? Yeah, I think so. I and mean, I think a lot of flags, red flags went up when he decided to to do his rehab in Portland and, and get away from the team, which he, he left the team in January. But when he did come back, he came back early from the original timeline in terms of when he was actually going to be back uh, in New Orleans well, around the, the team. The new original time, the original timeline was a well, yes, hell of a the, show. The, whatever timeline it actually was. But when he did get back, it was the revised, when, revised, revised <laughs> timeline. He did come back early. He was so obviously supposed to stay another, I think, a month in, in Portland and rehab up there. As he got back, that's when the Pels started making their playoff push. But the team had changed at that point. Then you had C.J. McCollum around. You had Larry Nance around. And all of a sudden, they were making that push for the play-in. And every, you know, as the vibes were great around the team. And he wanted to be to be a part of that. And I think the big thing here is that even if you, you, you look at this team as constructed, the team, this is the lineup. The last time Zion was on the floor, these are the players that he played with. Eric Bledsoe, Lonzo Ball, Stephen Adams, James Johnson, James Nunnally got nine minutes in that game. Uh, mm. Najee Marshall was playing 23 minutes. He's probably a guy who doesn't – he's going to be, you know, a 12th or 13th guy. I mean, this team has changed a lot around him, and I think now it is much better than it was set up, uh, you know, in in May of 2021 to, to be a contender. We kind of saw them make that initial push during the playoffs this year, and uh, I think Zion and his camp like the direction that that's going, and they are they are making a big uh, you know yeah. big news about him wanting to 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 stay in New Orleans. Right? I know it's kind of like you're like oh you Debbie Downers talking about what's guaranteed. Why can't you just focus on the fact that he's signing it and that he's healthy? Okay, we will to be good. And I will tell you that uh, it sounds like CJ McCollum is having some uh, contract negotiation uh, talks with the with the. Uh, Blaze or with the Blazers with the Pelicans. <laughs> I'm not sure when he can actually sign that, Andrew. I, th- I know he signed his last contract extension in 2019, but it might I believe be- it is next month when they can they can start uh, talking about that. I know it's before okay. the season, but it's I maybe it's they haven't talked, month. but I heard they talked. Don't tell anybody. Okay? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, you know, Clutch Sports. Um, last year they got dinged in that um, uh, the Lonzo Ball. Um, uh, tampering thing. Um, the Bulls got dinged for it, got penalized the second round pick. Uh, Rich Paul of Clutch Ports negotiated it. I mean, it was it, it was kind of laughable because, like, literally, there was like twenty five contracts that were done before July first. But okay, that one was deemed to have been against the rules. So <laughs> all of Clutch Sports's clients, like none of them, announced a deal on the on the actual thirtieth. Then. 
like on July 1st at like 11 a.m. or noon or something like that, all of a sudden Clutch (laughs) announces on their Twitter feed, like four contracts all stacked up. Uh, Zach Levine has agreed. Uh, Yusef Nurkic has agreed. They announced boom, 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 boom. Well, it was a you know, they were like, listen, we're, we're not getting busted for any tampering nonsense. And then it was like, oh, all of our contracts were all to agree to in the last 35 seconds. And they all just came through here. So, um, Brian, the best illustration of tampering I've ever been told is from an agent. I think all of us know Bill Duffy, uh, long time in this business. And he pointed out the hypocrisy of it. And he said, if you're on a highway and the speeding limit is 65 and every car is going 75, whatever cars that are pulled over, they're going with the flow of traffic. They're not doing anything different than anybody else. And they're getting singled out. And like, what, why are we, why is this even something we're still talking about? Well, if the cops are pulling over for going 75, that's would be what this is. If the cops are pulling over for going hundred, you know, it's a different I mean, story. Are there degrees of tampering? Like, come on. We're all well, adults here. It's a right. business. And guess what? It's not like back in the day where you can have the guy come through town once a year on the road trip and the front office executive somehow finds a way to meet up with him at the team hotel or something like that or, or out for dinner or something. like that. It's a constant communication year round between right. all the same parties. The agents have different clients on different teams and they can talk to one front office and then be the intermediary to talk to another front office. And that's how business gets done. And the fact that we are even pretending like this is something the league has to care about is just a waste of all our breaths. My, yeah, my well, favorite with that, it was when the last year during the, of, of what tampering the teams should be looking after is when it, this was during this, I guess this was two seasons ago during the, the, 2021 COVID year. And all of a sudden that was the one trip that all of New York's executives decided to come to new Orleans uh, <laughs> to come down and see, and see a game where, where Zion Williamson was playing. It was, it was crazy. All these restrictions. And that, that just happened to be the one game that they're going to go, you know, say, say hello to people on the court afterwards. So, okay. So, and you know, by the way, I also think that the Pelicans are interested in extending Larry Nance's contract. Uh, we'll see if that gets done. The point is the Pelicans like the way they finished last year. Yes. And I want to keep that going. And I think Zion, who was very much engaged in those games, right, Andrew? I mean, you and I were at all the playoff games. Uh, and the atmosphere around that team was pretty awesome. Uh, save the uh, Jay Crowder uh, chance. Um, right. Can we the- thank the Lakers for – their downfall leading to the Pelicans come up and, and really the Lakers ineptitude is the reason why Zion Williamson is now a Pelican for years to come. Well, I mean, they won the lottery with their own draft pick. So, you know, the one thing if the pick that they got from the Lakers return to Zion Williamson. Meaning I though, think- I just mean their slide over the second half of last season kind of opened the door for the Pelicans to get that play in spot oh for sure i mean yeah on the oh yes no there was an incredible look at the end of the day lakers have a banner pelicans don't so i mean the anthony davis trade is a success however there was some definite like as the lakers went backwards and the pelicans moved past them and lakers went into the lottery ended up and the pelicans ended up with uh, dyson daniels who is probably a bit of a uh, project i i you know, Andrew, they don't think he's going to be like a significant 
contributor this year. Maybe right? maybe not right away. Um, we right. were actually watching, uh, you know, Pelican's assistant coach and shooting guru or shooting doctor, as they call him, Fred Vincent, working with uh, Dyson today and getting getting shots up. And I think we'll see how they use him in summer league. I don't know if he's going to end up, especially if they if if they keep the rosters at at fifteen where they're at right now. They don't make any trades. Yeah, Dyson's probably going to be learning a lot as the 11, 12 guy, but. Um, you know, we also that was kind of the same deal with Trey Murphy with them last year, and he obviously played a bigger role for them down the stretch. And I think that may be where they kind of see where Dyson is right now. Having said that, all that, <laughs> have they announced Dyson Daniels signing yet? They have not announced that Dyson ah. Daniels has signed a contract yet. Uh, why would they what are you do getting that? at, Brian? <laughs> why would why they do would that? They do that. Um, so when once Zion signs this contract, he can't be. It's it's very hard to trade him to the Nets because then Ben Simmons would have to be off the Nets. Not impossible, but he becomes designated player, which Ben Simmons is as well. And so they can't have two of them. So Zion, maybe he's not all the way off the table, but he's sort of on the side. Well, can table. he not? Can he not be traded for a while because of the contract anyway? Like he can't be traded right away, right? There's a poison pill thing that goes in there. Okay. Um, I've never seen a player. <laughs> <laughs> who signs an extension like this get traded anytime soon. Normally there's a love fest for quite some time, especially if you're a potential uh, uh, superstar, which I believe <clears throat> Blake Griffin, <clears throat> Blake Griffin. Well, that, that was, was, that was still a year. That was still a year. That was, no, that was within the same season, but that wasn't yeah. when he was, when he was, you know, this is, it, the, it wasn't the, his first big extension. This is the, correct. Dave, this is the fun max. This is the fun, Max. So. Everybody's happy. Zion signing. It's everybody's happy and it's fun. Let's have a good time. Uh, Darius Garland in Cleveland. It's the fun, Max. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. Yay, yay. Everything's wonderful. I love the fun, Max. Um, let me ask if um, if you think that uh, the Pelicans are sort of straddling the line here while still believing that they're, they're, they're in it for Durant should the Nets go that way, Andrew. I still think they, I mean, it makes sense. It's a, it's a clean deal, right? If they were opted to be in that, if it was, you know, if other teams, like obviously Phoenix has the, the, the base share compensation thing, if they end up trying to trade DeAndre Ayton and things get complicated and hard cap comes into play. If the Pels decided to put a guy like Brandon Ingram on the table, they only need, I think, four and a half million dollars to then match salary. Obviously, you know, you can go in I mean, there with what kind of players I mean, you're good at. I don't at, know but, what they're offering, but it would, I mean, I mean, I know they would like to keep Brandon Ingram and try to of make something they, work. I think everybody would, would at this point. It's I mean, maybe they haven't quote unquote offered him yet. So if you put Griff on the stand and said, did you offer Brandon Ingram? He could say, no, your honor, that is not accurate. I mean, I suppose, but I mean, if they're having conversations, they have to know that it means Brandon Ingram, right? I mean, they're not taking with all due respect, they're not taking CJ, a, a package around CJ McCollum. Right. And I, I would assume that's what has been, again, discussed. But of course, that that offer word, I don't think anything has it been gets everybody. Gets, everybody gets very upset. How dare you? How dare you? So no, no offers. But it, it it's just it's it's the cleanest of the deals in terms of you don't really have to have another third, you know, a, a team involved. This is a team who, look, they have the young all star and they have the picks. So whichever route the Nets want to go. It's kind of a you know all in one place to to shop down here in New Orleans. Dave, you know Brandon Ingram well. You covered him. If you were the Nets, would you st- still be taking the Pelicans' calls right now? I would, for sure. And of the 
young budding star conversation that we've just been putting together theoretical trades. We're not reporting on these, but you talk about a Utah package that if they were brought in as a third team or something like that, if we're talking about Donovan Mitchell or DeAndre Jordan or Scotty Barnes or Brandon Ingram, I have, I'm a GM, the assets neck and neck rank between Barnes and Ingram as the most desirable player out of that group that has been floated out there because it's not even just that his game has notes that are reminiscent of Kevin Durant's, but you're going to put him with Ben Simmons and use someone who could score. (laughs) Uh, He has a three level game uh, when it comes to scoring. And quite frankly, he's seen a lot in his short time in the league where I don't think he'd be phased by a New York market or, or the upheaval of being with another roster He's lived a lot in this short amount of time he's been in the NBA. And the reason I mentioned Dyson Daniels is once you sign a rookie, you can't trade him for 60 days. Obviously, the season is a long way away, so that wouldn't be a deterrent. But, you know, if you weren't 100% sure, you would hold off. Right. Do you know why the rule exists, why you can't have a Bam and a Ben Simmons on the same? Yeah, it's an anti-super team rule. Did it come into place that's like, was there a team that caused this to be a thing? I'm not sure if it was the last CBA. Uh, and, I'm, and I mean, maybe somebody like maybe Zach Lowe would like note off the top of his head. I, I don't have a good memory for this kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a, it, the concept is you, you, you have some guys, uh, you know, when you first off the idea, you know, with the fun max is that it's one of the reasons it's fun is because the guy usually, he usually doesn't ask out. Uh, usually at the end of the fun max, that's when it's not so much mm-hmm. fun, right? Because the guy maybe doesn't want to stay, or maybe he's not, re- maybe he's still really good, but he hasn't developed into the superstar. And it's like, I'm still a max player, and they're like, well, <laughs> I don't know, it's not as much fun anymore. Um, and so um, the idea was they did they didn't want teams to be able, you know, basically it's a it's a they don't want teams like the Nets or the Lakers or whatever to be able to get two guys that were somebody yep. else's franchise player at one point. Uh, and right. especially at that stage of their career too. Right. Yeah. Right. So the thing about it is, is that, you know, Ben Simmons hasn't exactly, that was supposed to be the fun max of Ben Simmons. And it's, you know, there's an exception proves the rule or whatever. It hasn't been so much fun. Um, so let's, let's talk a, a minute about, um, you know, but you know, so the Nets, they've said they want a young. You know, the the, the when I've talked to league, league executives, they're like, well, the Nets have said to teams that they want a, an All Star under the age of twenty five. I'm like, well, how many All Stars are under the age of twenty? They've actually said they want multiple All Stars under the age of twenty five, from mm-hmm. what I've heard. Okay, but maybe the word multiple can be debated. How many under twenty five All Stars are there that are not designated players? There's not that many, right? I know um, one of them. <laughs> one of them is Brandon Ingram, right? He is. Because he didn't extend. He has a new contract. His contract expired. He became a free agent, and then he signed. That difference in this case is pretty big. How old is Ingram? Is he about 25, Andrew? Uh, he will be 25 when the season starts. Okay. So he qualifies. 
That's one of the reasons people are looking at that. It's another reason people are looking at the Raptors because Scotty Barnes is first year. He hasn't, he isn't, he's not even eligible yet. Of course he's. And not only that, when you trade for a player um, who's on his rookie contract, um, you leave open the the chance of a super max down the line. Now that's a long way away. Um, but when you trade for a player who's still on that first deal, it, you basically get the same rights in the eyes of the CBA as if you had drafted them. So that's um, attractive. And they have OG Ananobi, who is not a star. Well, I mean, you could debate the word star, but under the age of 25 and highly coveted. And so that's why those two teams have come up. And um, I mean, Dave, the if you were in the Raptors' shoes, and this is why this is a negotiating position, if you were in the Raptors' shoes, because I think people do make an assumption. And I, I mean, I do it too. When I talk about, um, well, well, the Raptors could give uh, Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi, two first. Like we, we toss out what they could give. That's not how teams operate in trade talks. They don't make an offer like that coming out of the gate. They come out of the gate and like, you know, typically make like middle of the road, if not worse offers. You know, they are, you know, they offer like, you know, three role players in a protected 2025 first. Like that's like how they, the, and that's why sometimes these things take a long time to develop. Um, would you, and I'm, and I'm building to something here, Dave, would you, if you were the Raptors and let's say they brought you in as a consultant, what would you say your first offer should be for Durant? What would your offer today be for Durant? If I'm making an offer that, is nowhere close to what my last and no, final if, no, offer if, would if, be. No, I mean, like, like, what would you offer for Durant right now if you're the Raptors? Everything. I mean, everything, say everything. That I could give up while still holding on to enough to be able to feel like I can win a championship. So you'd put Barnes. You'd Durant. put you'd put Barnes on the first offer. If you wanted to be real about it, sure. Like, okay, it's going to require. Like if I could do, if I believed I could get him for Pascal and OG and some picks, I would do that. But I don't. Right. You know, that's Sean Marks hanging up the phone territory. And right. So, and I think yeah. one of the reasons you're saying that is that you know that Phoenix is out there, that Miami is out there, that New Orleans is out there. You know, those other teams are bidding, right? Like I think Woj said in the first 24 hours. And this was really good insight, and, and it sort of indicated where the, the league was. Teams were calling with offers for Durant, and then they hadn't heard back, probably because the Nets had a bunch of offers and were trying to get their, you know, their heads under control. And they would call back and raise their offers without even having heard a response. Mm. Like didn't even they hadn't even heard no. That's great reporting. <laughs> okay, all right. So keep that in mind. Now here's where I'm going. If you're the Lakers. What are you offering for Kyrie right now? What's your offer for Kyrie right now? Russell Westbrook, one future first, 27 or 29. I don't really care. And honestly, don't even to mess with protections. Give him the pick, unfettered. Maybe a couple second rounders down the line. And sweeten the pot by saying you'll take on the $38 million that Joe Harris is owed over the next two years. 
and you can attach a Taylor Horton Tucker to the deal and they get a young player who's had some bright spots and big moments, albeit coming off down year that included some injuries. I think there's some value there and they get the expiring of the Russ, which they could do all sorts of things with that on the back end themselves. And you are taking a headache off their hands. And I think it's, that's a pretty darn good deal. Like that's an offer that I think is realistic and good enough to get it done. As long as the nets aren't operating out of spite. And I'm wondering why they would offer that now. And maybe they're not because we just said, you know, that all these teams are offering for Durant. Who's offering for Kyrie? I thought there, there was a report. And I don't know whose it was. I'm sorry. The holiday weekend. There was a report that came out that said Philly, Dallas, and that the Clippers were, or the Lakers, Philly, Dallas, and the Lakers were, were, were interested in Kyrie. And within about <clears throat> 90 seconds, reporters in Philadelphia were denying it. <laughs> like in unison. <laughs> You know, typically, I mean, look, you know, look, trade rumors are wrong all the time. I've said things I thought were true that turned out to be wrong. Said a lot of things are true that teams have denied turned out to be right. So you can't always say that. But like all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. I I can report, you know, and I know Dallas has denied it. I mean, James Harden is still on the Sixers. I mean, not currently under contract, but he's going to be on the Sixers. So like, can we recognize that he's not going to play with Kyrie Irving. Okay. So that's my point. My point is like, who's, who's bidding for Kyrie. And that makes me wonder if you're the Lakers and you know that what's your actual offer right now? Like, are you actually offering all that? And do you blame the Lakers if they don't offer all that? And, I mean, and, the, the beauty of it is that we're July 5th on the calendar yeah, and training exactly. camp's not for four months or right. three and a half months, or whatever. And so there's plenty of time to play the hardball. I'm just saying you got to make the deal and make it happen. And that haul I presented to you is about as far as I'd be willing to go where I think it's, it's more than fair on both sides. Okay, now let me read you this. <clears throat> Jeannie Buss tweet. I miss KB, Kobe Bryant. He would understand and explain everything that I'm not allowed to. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. I'm just going to let that repeat that for a second. Honestly, he was the greatest Laker ever. He understood the team over self, meaning your rewards would come if you valued team goals over your own, and then everything would fall into place. All can reply. Ah, that sound has to make you smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. 
Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting, conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash hoop right now. Shopify.com slash hoop. Starting your own small business can be a total roller coaster. Between all the ups and downs, twists and turns, and highs and lows comes the actual business side of your business, which can really throw you for a loop. Luckily, with QuickBooks, you can get paid, run payroll, and know where your business stands from the start. So no matter how bumpy the ride gets, you can always stay on track. New business, no problem. Success starts with Intuit QuickBooks. Learn more at quickbooks.com. QuickBooks Payroll, QuickBooks Payments, and QuickBooks Online Account Required. What? Dave, that's my, <laughs> Dave, that's my answer. What? Oh, man. This is some murky territory because... I'm not asking you to... I don't want you to go on the ledge that you don't know. Well, no, I'm just saying let's try to... Explain the pitfalls that exist in having this conversation. Kobe Bryant, I loved watching him play. I watched him play since the time I was in middle school. He went to a local rival school eight miles down the road from where I went to school. I loved covering him. What a tremendous competitor. He's had Magic Johnson call him the greatest Laker of all time unassailable resume that just evokes all sorts of wonderful memories. And certainly the tragedy is still very raw. If we were to actually go back and look with an objective eye at Kobe Bryant's time with the Lakers, there are things that would lead you to say he was not the greatest teammate. There are things that lead you to say that the way his contract was structured prevented the Lakers from winning late in his career, which in turn led to the longest down spiral in the history of the franchise prior to LeBron James deciding to come in 2018. And so that's why I got to lay it all out there like that. Uh, because to have an honest conversation here can be tough because you know emotions are raw. And he also demanded a trade at one point. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, in my estimation, and listen, other parties involved here, and I'm talking about LeBron James. He's conducted business this way in the past by putting out cryptic tweets that, quite frankly, I don't think helped the process along what his teams were going through in that moment. Agreed. And I don't think Jeannie Buss's tweet is helping 
get business done at a high level in this moment as well. Agreed. Andrew, what did you think of that? No, it's it was definitely one of those things you look at. I remember seeing it this morning and you're like, it's it just it kind of today's point, it raises more questions than I think you would like to have at, at this point in the process. You you kind of want to be in a situation where it's it's the cleanest possible. You don't you don't have that many outside stuff. And when when something like that happens, it just kind of raises, like I said, a lot, a lot more questions that I think uh that anybody really wants to deal with at this point. Jeannie Bus has been on Twitter since 2009. She is extremely experienced now is what it means to be the president and co-owner of the Lakers and knows that her words are very powerful as LeBron does too. LeBron knows when he tweets something, he will instantaneously be reacting. And Jeannie probably how many times a day wishes she could tweet something and doesn't because she knows that the consequences of her making comment on the record are vast and she can't control them. Um, I could only imagine during the Showtime uh, series or the uh, HBO series um, about the Showtime Lakers, uh, where every single week her father was being portrayed in a certain way, even though I happen to love the character in the show. I never <laughs> met Jerry Buss, the man. I loved the character in the show. Um, but, you know, it wasn't my father. So how am I going to say how she's going to feel? But my guess is she didn't love it. And I don't know how I would feel if uh, my teenage self or, you know, young adult self was being portrayed. <laughs> it wasn't me who said how it was. Uh, she could have made comments on that and she didn't. Um, uh, so, you know, if she can't even, she's not even commenting on that, much, much less actually her team. And yet she comes out with this tweet. And by the way, like, you don't even know, need to know, like, of course LeBron wants the Lakers to trade for Kyrie Irving. I mean, Dave, do you Dave, do you want to have your salary doubled? Is it, is it controversial to say something that's obvious? Like uh, uh, of course you of course you do. Dave, do you want to fly a private jet? Would you prefer to ESPN flies you in a private jet next season? Uh, I don't know, know if I get to collect the miles on that one, so it's I may a have a different answer than you on, expect. Uh, on, <laughs> slight upgrade on Delta regardless um, of your status, right? Yeah, but Brian, Brian, here's the problem here. The Lakers have had a crisis in leadership for a while, and that has led to someone like LeBron who has a clear vision of how he can wield influence and power in this league and quite frankly, has a track record. While I understand it hasn't been the prettiest of stints in LA the last four years, but he can point to what happened in October of 2020 as proof is in the pudding. And let's follow my lead here. This is what he should be doing. And this is quite frankly, if you want to draw the parallel to Kobe Bryant, this is what ruthless competitors do. They try to find any advantage that's there and exploit it and do whatever they can to stay on top. And guess what? Sometimes they make a wrong move. No one's denying that LeBron James was in support of landing Russell Westbrook last year. 
but you also have to be nimble enough to recognize that let's go out there and try something else. Right. LeBron is known for flushing his whole team. It's happened several times where he's like, nope, start over. That that's the real question. And you know, it's easy for me to say this because you know, anybody could say what they believe, but if Kobe was still with us and knowing that Rob Palenka is one of his best friends and is the general manager of the team or president or whatever his title is. And LeBron called Kobe right now. Like, let's say Kobe was, you know, in the editing room working on some new documentary or new, new series right now. And his phone rang and it was LeBron. And he said, KB, I don't know what to do here. You know, this team is not good enough. I really want us to trade for, for Kyrie. I don't give a flying bleep about 2027 draft pick. You know, what would Kobe tell him to do? <laughs> what would the Kobe system say? You know, <laughs> you know, I'm not so sure that that's what Jeannie's talking about here. But it's interesting. And it comes down to, I think, again, I'm not sure what the Lakers are offering right now. Because, if you, you know, one of the things that was so stunning in the league about this Rudy Gobert trade, when you talk to people in the league, they're like, who were the Wolves' Bidding against. bidding against, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, there was a few teams in there. Maybe Atlanta. Know. Atlanta was, you know, kind of kicking around. Atlanta was in the middle of doing some other big things. Atlanta made a big move themselves. Yes, last yes, week. they did, right? Um, you know, there were some other teams interested, but five players and four firsts, and, and then and and including one player who was just just drafted, so it's almost like five firsts, right? Like that was some crazy stuff. Um, that's a that's a, almost like a desperation trade from a team that's not desperate, you know. So you see that, and if you're a team like the Lakers, you're like, well, who are we bidding against here? So it makes me wonder, knowing what we know about where the Nets are with with Durant, and knowing where we are about where I think the lack of bidding is with Kyrie. How much? How long is this going to take, guys? This could take a long time, Andrew. I think the thing is, you may not be bidding against another team, but you could be bidding against the Nets just saying, okay, like if you don't give us what we want, we'll just we'll just keep it and we'll just see what happens here and and go from that. I mean, obviously we're, we, we started off by talking about, you know, now they're, you know, or if, if, if it takes forever with Kevin Durant, it takes forever with Kevin Durant. Um I think that's the only real team you're you're bidding against, and if that's if I'm Brooklyn, that's what I'm going to have to do to to drive that price up. Um, well, hey, Brian, what was the trigger point or leverage play that we were both involved in reporting on with Kyrie Irving in the summer of 2017 when it looked like Cleveland was trying to play that card? Well, oh, we could just bring you back into the fold. Say we want to report to the training camp and get surgery. That's right. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he didn't like that. Um, so this actually, this situation kind of reminds me, and you could probably use some closer um, examples, but this situation kind of reminds me of um, the Dwight Howard trade when he actually finally got traded, I believe it was in 2012. Um he issued his trade demand like right at the beginning of July. I think he didn't actually, you know, it was his second trade demand. He'd asked to be traded. They decided not to be traded. And then he 
And then he opted in. And then he has to be traded anyway for after he had opted in. And um, he it took like until I want to say like August. This is just totally the top of my head. It took like August 10th or 15th. It took like five or six weeks for it to all play out. And the it took it was a three-team trade and the Magic ended up getting less than they wanted. But what I thought was interesting there is that Brooke Lopez was sitting out there as an unrestricted free agent at the time for the Nets. And the Nets, as you can remember, were trying like crazy to get Durant and they were going to try to use Brooke Lopez to get him. And Lopez eventually was like, forget this. Uh, I'm doing a deal now or I'm not doing it. And Lopez came off the board and that just guaranteed that the process was going to be slow because then a big trade chip that was going to be, even if he wasn't even going to the magic, even if he could have gone somewhere else that just further put cold water on it. And so now we have Deandre Ayton out there and I know for a fact, well, I I have been told Ayton has met with other teams that are not involved in potential Durant negotiations. And I don't know if those teams have made formal offers or whatever. I'm not saying he's sitting, but like if you're DeAndre Ayton and you're kind of being held up by this and you have a, an exit route, you know, that's what I'm watching. If, if the, if Ayton takes an exit route here and goes and finds a deal, especially if it's a, there are a couple of teams out there that could still offer him an offer sheet. Uh, Indiana would be, an interesting one because after the Malcolm Brogdon trade, Indiana can generate max cap space, although it's still not hundred percent sure what's happening with Ricky Rubio, whether they're signing and trading him to Cleveland, but also miles Turner is he could be traded in a sign and trade for eight into Phoenix, or I have been told he could go somewhere else. Uh, but miles Turner is almost, well, I shouldn't say, I'm trying to wiggle out of aggregation here. <laughs> Miles Turner, there's a good chance he's not going to be a pacer next year. That is a, that is a, it's an, it ranks as negative on the hot take scale, but I'm trying to wiggle out of aggregation. Um, and so um, it'll be interesting to see if Aiton sort of taps out and exits himself from the process because he's got to get himself taken care of, like Brooke Lopez did. Uh, I can't remember the team that he had that made him an offer. And he was ready to go. And the, and the Nets just had to throw up their arms and just say, okay, Brooke, we're going to sign you and sort of move on in the, in the Dwight sweepstakes. Um, so that's one, that's one thing I want to see if it happens. And we've got, you know, the Nets saying we could bring them both to camp and some people saying maybe Durant should reconsider. Like, you know, this is a narrative switch that this is not happening fast. So let me ask you this, Dave is one play here for the Nets, especially if they don't love the Phoenix option and they don't love the Heat option and the Pelicans option is complex and maybe Durant's not thrilled and the Raptors option is, it's actually not complex in terms of trade, but maybe Durant's not thrilled and you've got to deal with that. What if they just try to wait Durant out and say, maybe reluctant status quo, especially with maybe Aiden. If Aiden takes another option, it reduces the Suns' capabilities to really pull it off. Well, Brian, I've been paying close attention to all the reporting going on, basically from the draft through the start of free agency. And there's this guy who's had a pretty good couple weeks detailing what's going on around the league 
Uh, and you could you know, pay attention to this guy's reporting and actually be able to kind of read the crystal ball of what's happening. This guy's you, and you have said repeatedly that Nets owner Joe Sy is, this is my words, not yours, but pretty much fed up how the way things went. If that is the person handing out marching orders to Sean Marks, I don't see the patience to bring it back after surveying what's out there and saying, you know what, uh, you know, we can live with it to start the year and see, I just don't see it. Well, I, I think the way I felt was I, he didn't want the status quo in terms of the dynamic that existed between Kyrie and Kevin mm-hmm. and the team. Right. I thought there was a possibility they could bring them back, but like gentlemen, we have new rules. This is how we're going to do things. We're going to dictate how things are going. Now, do I think that you can make that hard turn after three years doing another way? I don't know, man, especially <laughs> with Kyrie having one year and, you know, maybe didn't want to be there. No, but with Durant. So you're saying just bring it back with Durant. Still well, move off of Kyrie I'm and rebuild saying, around him. I'm just saying it, if the Nets don't love their options, leaving that door open in the back of the bus, so to speak. I may not close it in early July, even if you think you're probably going to have to go. But as we sit here today and as the days have gone by and sort of the the avenues have clarified, I don't know where the jazz play into this because the message that the jazz are putting out into the world is um, we're not trading Donovan. Um, I don't find the jazz message incredible because um they said like they were like at the pre-draft camp they were out there saying we're not trading rudy or 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 um donovan and they have a they have a a defense for that they could say well we were saying that before somebody offered us four first round picks for rudy and you know everybody has its price and you know if any danny ainge said that i i would i would find that credible but um i think they have their price for donovan too and it behooves them to not um, put him on the block. Of course, we'll see what Donovan himself thinks about it. Um, you know, f- from what I understand, Donovan was like, uh, well, what's the plan here? You know, uh, you know, you just traded away two players that were really helpful to us and, you know, for draft picks, essentially. And, you know, the plan basically is we're going to do what's right for the franchise. Um, And um, they've saved $150 million and picked up five first round picks in the last week. And in Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith's view, that's correct for the franchise. So if the correct, if they deem the correct thing for the franchise is build around Donovan Mitchell uh, with all those pieces and parts, they'll do that. If the, if they believe the correct thing is build around or, or is uh, trade you for another hall and start from scratch, then they'll do that. But what their priority is not going to be is what Donovan Mitchell wants, which they made clear when they cut his best friend, Eric Pascal, who they signed last year when they were really concerned about, you know, they, they changed their training staff last year because Donovan wasn't thrilled about it. And so I think a year ago, there was a lot of attempts by the organization to, sort of 
make Donovan happy so that he would stick there and not want to leave. And I think with Danny Ainge in charge, it's like, we don't care about that anymore. We're going to do what we got to do. And maybe it includes you and maybe it doesn't. And we're paying you a huge salary, but this is another fun max. is isn't so fun. My, uh, my, my, my theory is taking a beating on these two. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. But, um, you know, but without, without clarity on what Utah is doing, it makes it even harder for the Nets to say, well, there's an option for us in a three-team trade because it just may be that the Jazz, and I mean, not even from a negotiating position, they could just be honest. They could be like, look, Suns or Heat, we appreciate your offer that you're trying to get Donovan for this package that, um, that so you can trade him for Kevin Durant. Thank you for the call, but it's not enough. We don't, we can't, we're not just going to move him to be part of this deal. We're going to move him in the deal that makes sense for us. And so I'm just saying that in the last three or four days, the Durant trades that looked like they may be feasible uh, that you could sort of draw up on the back of a napkin. I know because I was doing that last week um, may not be there, including for new Orleans, Andrew. I mean, it just may, it may be more complicated and we, it, it may just take some time. And I think the, the nets will leave those options open. I think the, uh, by the way, the best thing I think the Utah franchise could do is trade the name Jazz back to New Orleans. Uh, What's the offer? How many picks? Uh, whatever you want at this point. It's just, it's a name that makes sense. It's one of the best names in sports. But I mean, that's why I think this thing is, it, it could just drag out. If, if, if something was uh, to everybody's satisfaction at this point, obviously a deal would have already been done. And I think uh, if, if Brooklyn wants to try and wait it out to up their, Advan- I mean, up their advantages right now and try to be like, hey, look, all right, we'll 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 just sit back and wait. You got to start bringing us better deals if we're going to do this. And we can start to threaten, okay, we'll we'll take it into camp or we'll, you know, we'll do it, you know, we'll, we'll go like the James Harden situation a couple of years ago and, all right, well, let's just play it out and let these guys come back on the court for us before we make a deal. So uh, to me, I think that's where if you're Utah, if you're Brooklyn, like everybody just sit back and wait for the better deal to show up. And I think um, if you're in New Orleans, you can – that's why maybe somebody hasn't been offered yet 
uh, in, in any sort of deal, you're, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to swing this deal for your role players and picks and, you know, hold on to your team. I think everybody's trying to, you know, it's one big game of chicken right now. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll see who cracks first. Well, if it does go that route, unfortunately for KD, I don't think he will have the leverage play that Harden had in Houston because he doesn't have the same body constitution. So he can't just all of a sudden show up looking <laughs> like he Well, that's himself. ultimately the thing is that, number one, you know that Durant's passion is playing basketball. His passion isn't like stuff off the court. Right. So... Like and also like what he thinks is most important, other than basketball, tends to wane a little, tends to shift a little bit. Uh-huh. So like I mean the Nets know that. I mean, no, I don't think I don't think KD has the capability in him to dog it. <laughs> no, I, I, I actually I, agree. I, with I, I don't think he's he's not <laughs> wired. He's I not wired that way. Um, and that's I think one of the reasons why he signed that contract last year with no opt out. You know, he signed his first contract, his, you know, sort of the the first ever fun max was the Durant max because LeBron sure as heck didn't do it. But LeBron was a three-year contract. That that first um, max from the Cavs was, it was, it was called the queasy max. <laughs> it, came, <laughs> it came with a little ticking time bomb on it. Uh, Durant signed full five years, no opt out with the, uh, well, uh, with the thunder. Um, the Pepto max. <laughs> oh man like we were sweating it the day it was announced it was like why was it only three years <laughs> and lebron was like what are you talking about why are you asking me about my next contract i just signed this one and it was like you're right lebron <laughs> it was like you're right but like whew. um like durant signed last year because he's like look man i, I love playing I-, I you know sure let's do it let's keep going like that's how he believes and that constitution could affect how this plays out you know um i don't know i, I think the, the the general theme is uh we'll see that's not what people want to hear but we'll see um all right andrew i'm looking forward to hearing those uh zion contract details <laughs> you you and me both <laughs> hey listen he's i'll tell you one thing he's gonna get guaranteed nine figures that i'm pretty sure of right and it's uh generational wealth and uh, hopefully he's playing in the fall because I do like watching him play. Uh, Dave, talk about Pepto. That's the Lakers fans, I think, for a while here. Uh-huh. Um, how do you think Russ's summer's going? <laughs> he was a guest at Kevin Love's wedding. From all accounts, it was a wonderful affair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Brian. I don't know. Uh, listen, he has uh, put his public support behind Darvin Ham. A very good hire by the Lakers, in my estimation. We talked to the Lakers second round draft pick, Max Christie. They traded to get that pick. You know, the guy who's a McDonald's All American. And Max told us the one Laker out of the big three who has reached out to him was Russ. He hasn't heard, mm-hmm. as of last week, we, he hadn't heard from AD or LeBron. So Russ, for his part, is staying attached to the franchise. Uh, as we can see by you know, my reporting, many others, uh, the interest in Kyrie Irving is for a reason. Uh, <laughs> he's a better basketball player than Russell Westbrook. 
Well, I will say this about Russ. He makes $950,000 a week, whether it's on the Lakers somewhere else, whether he's working out in LA, whether he's packing up his gear, he makes $950,000 a week. So your life can't be that bad after picking up that option, right? Yeah, he'll find a way to be uh, just fine. But, you know, listen, I I, I don't want to beat a drum here because I feel like in some capacity, I've been saying the same thing now for five years, but when you got LeBron James and what's left of his prime, you better as a franchise be doing whatever you can to maximize it and, and try to add some banners, try to add some trophies. And that's what everyone in LA should be aligned thinking wise right now. And quite frankly, if it's cost prohibitive to do so, you have to rethink who you are as a franchise if you claim all you care about are those titles. Because well, that's that's not NBA in 2022 if you're trying to penny pinch and hoist up Larry O'Brien trophies at the same time. One thing Jeannie Buss has done consistently, I, I assume she learned this from her father, she has made it a priority for the Lakers to take care of star players. and. That contract that you talked about Kobe signing, which definitely held the Lakers down and contributed to their seven-year run of not making the playoffs. Um, It was not the right thing from a team standpoint. She talks about that, but it was the right thing from a player standpoint. And I was talking to somebody in the league this last week and talking about how some of these players who were demanding trades wanted to be Lakers. Um. They were like, boy, people have been trying to become Lakers for 75 years. And I go, it's actually 76 (laughs) because we're now in the 76th season. They still want to be there. And that is probably the best thing the Lakers got going for them. And so um, keeping that in mind uh, is something that Jeannie has always done. And so I think that is very relevant as we come here, especially as we Think about LeBron James contract option or his uh, extension option to extend or not, which is coming in about four weeks. So, um, all right. Thank you, Dave. <clears throat> Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Listen to the hoop collective. Uh, and we will talk to you uh, later this week. Um, I'm afraid we're going to be having the same topics for a while. So, all right. I just need, I need 90 seconds of your time before we say goodbye. Just 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Tell me your reaction to the meme. Yes. I mean, the thing is first take. So here's the thing about first take first take the, the a block, the opening block of the show is 30 minutes long. Okay. It is not like get up, which comes right before it where like you do three topics sometimes in like 12 minutes. And last week, Stephen a, I don't think this is secret. He had shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. I think he was on air with a sling. He made a. He was uh, on NBA so, today. Yep. So he yeah. was out. Um, Chris Russo, who, by the way, it was the first time I worked with Chris Russo at the Mad Dog. I had a great time working with him, but Russo was off on Friday. Basically, you know, like on Friday, like the first take show was there. Stephen A was out. The, you know, the sub Stephen A for multiple days that week, Chris Russo was, he was on vacation or his, his weekend had started. 
it was this big way the NBA topics were there and I was there. And so when you have 30 minutes, you have time. It's actually kind of like a podcast. Well, that's something that I've done a lot of is podcasting. So I would never be able to do something like that on SportsCenter. I would never be able to do something like that on GetUp. I would almost certainly never be able to do something like that on NBA Today because a lot of times on NBA Today, we have four and five panelists and a lot of them, uh, and a, well, a lot more topics, quite frankly. First take is usually doing one or two, to- maybe three in that for A block, but a lot of times it's just two. And so that had to have occurred on a show like that. So I was able to kind of draw out and like have a discussion about the Utah Jazz. People were, people would text me and be like, oh my God, I can't believe this, whatever. I go, no, no, no. The accomplishment was me talking about the Utah Jazz on ESPN for three minutes. I'm like, I'm not taking a shot there. I'm just saying that would not normally happen on most of our television shows. The accomplishment though was the joyous response. The internet can be a, a dark, scary, negative, nasty place. And it was just pure joy and celebration of your storytelling ability and your decision to take a moment and not do the obvious, not just talk about contract structure and treat this stuff like you know the churn of transaction. You gave us something to chew and, on. And, and, and we it loved helped it. that it was a holiday weekend where there wasn't a lot of activity. All that contributed to it. And it really became more popular as a meme than it actually what I said. And it did certainly help that the Jazz, I mean, look, I knew the Jazz were pretty close to trading Rudy Gobert. I mean, when I, I was I was trying, you know, to be honest with you, part of what I was doing was trying to avoid aggregation. Because if I come out and go, I think the Jazz are going to trade Rudy Gobert today. And then everything on the internet is, oh, Winhurst report, colon, Jazz to trade Gobert. And then you know, maybe they don't trade him because they'd almost traded him the day before. And maybe they, you know, maybe Minnesota was only offering 34 assets and they didn't offer the 35th that got the Jazz to finally say, okay, but let's say they only offer 34. Now the Jazz don't do it. Now I said they're close to trading Rudy Gobert and now I'm the idiot, right? Now, now I, now I don't know anything. I went from knowing everything to knowing nothing. So I have to, in this world of aggregation, I have to get more creative because you get pinned down on, on sometimes four words. You say, you say 700 words and you get pinned down to four words. And I will continue to get pinned down to four words because it's what I do. But I have to get creative and avoid aggregation. And so that was me avoiding aggregation in a setting where I, where I had some time on national television. If you listen to the podcast, I've said, I've gone on rants that were way more elaborate than that. And um, Bontemps and McMahon are, are like roll their eyes and Jackson like makes a little <laughs> note about what to cut. But we've been doing, I've been doing stuff like that literally for years. So the fact that it happened on national TV, it took a, it took a specific set of circumstances and that was all nice and everything. But like in all honesty, I've been gone eight of the last nine weeks. My wife's, uh, 40th birthday is this week. I don't know if I should say it was her 40th, but it's her 40th birthday. And like my son, like is finds it extremely annoying that I'm gone. I came back home and like had like nonstop family stuff to do. And like, they didn't care about any of that. So yeah, like I was like getting 
250 text messages and seeing all these memes. But like I had to prepare for the for the people that we had coming over for the 4th of July. I couldn't really focus on it. I didn't have the luxury to time to focus. Well, on I so. relished in it for you. I focused on it a lot. It was <laughs> I, I really enjoyed all the memes. Is there a favorite fantastic. one, Brian? Come on. It's got to be a favorite. Uh, I, here's why I am prepared to accept an endorsement. I will do something for Target. If they need someone to... That was my favorite as well. If they need someone, I will let you know. (laughs) My DMs are closed, to be clear, but to Target, my DMs are open. Okay, if you want to... I will will gladly do a highly compensated uh, Target advertisement. So... Oh, I will um, echo Stephen A. Smith. Way to go, Wendy. It was great. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, Thanks for... uh, kind words dave thank you andrew and i will uh, talk to you guys later this week real quick what's the easiest choice you can make window seat over middle taco tuesday over salad what about selling with shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash hoop now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash hoop.